0: Welcome to Stock Odds Odds and Podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. Just so thankful. Don't have to deal
1: with uh, all the storms and stuff that some places are getting. Um, we're, we've kind of uh, gone from more of a quiet. I thought I thought they were saying that uh, you know there probably wasn't going to be that many hurricanes, <laughs> but now we're certainly seeing them uh, start to. Uh,
0: Come up there. Um, What's the and, rain? Because I'm from California.
1: <laughs> well, well, you know, but uh, um, look at the typhoons that are going on, you know, um, over towards Japan and Asia mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then we've got, um, uh, you know, hurricanes. Uh, the one that just pounded uh, all the way up through Bermuda and and into uh, eastern provinces of Canada. Those that's really been pounded, um, the four Atlantic provinces, and then now you got uh, Hurricane Ian coming up, uh, probably going to be a direct hit into Florida. So, um, you know, it's uh, hurricane season is still alive and well, and the ocean temperatures are pretty uh, pretty high. Um, so, I think that can carry a lot more activity um, mm-hmm. when that happens. But what's your thoughts?
0: Well, at least the markets are calm, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. at least the market's like well actually the vix is uh, speaking of that the vix has risen uh, back up into the 30 area uh so we were you know we were quieter um getting down towards 20 and then uh, we had that like it was so it was so calm there into august that we were kind of like well uh you know we're kind of expecting a bit of a turn and sure enough middle august it pops up to twenty three and then mm-hmm. grinds its way all the way up now to thirty. So it's not as high as uh, we had through March, April, May, but you're not far off yeah um, and then the currencies are what are mind-boggling, right when you think of like you have to you have to go look at a chart of the monthly on the us mm-hmm. dollar uh, because on one of the shows here um, I think last week even we mentioned that wouldn't be surprised if it went back to the highs, the strength of the dollar as we were in 2001, 2002. It's like a parabolic chart. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because we were already pushing into that air pocket. Once we took out the highs from 2020, which was COVID-induced, right? Mm -hmm. Once we took out that high, which was a matching high, by the way, to what we had in 2017, um, we took that out. I thought, you know, this, this is kind of like a blue sky moment here, um, and we've got nothing in terms of resistance until we get to 2001, 2002. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what a difference a week makes. We we we, we powered up, yeah. a, and you know, just like somebody used the word um, unprecedented, unprecedented hurricane hits the eastern seaboard of Canada. Uh-huh. Um, this is an unprecedented move in currencies. You take a look at the Euro trading. It's not It's not all the way back to the lows from 2001, 2002, um, but it's closing in on it rapidly, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Japanese Yen is right back to the uh, low from uh, 1999. Well, not quite, we're just about there. Can you mm-hmm. believe that? Um, yeah. British Pound is hinting new lows. The, uh, the cable here is uh, just collapsing um, these last two months. And then uh, Canadian dollar is lower, but still got quite a ways to go. Lots of support levels still to test. Uh, Swiss franc, stable, sideways, and still elevated historically. Australian dollar, similar to the Canadian dollar, and same as new zealand dollar so mm-hmm. but uh, the the big standouts of course are the us dollar and then the british pound and the uh, euro dollar those would be the big standouts right mm-hmm. so
0: am i still the coming ten- through okay yeah you're good and the okay. 10 years up to 3.72 as well it keeps rising
1: yeah these bonds are just i mean unbelievable sell off in the 30 year 10 year five-year, I mean, the two-year is the most dramatic. Two and five, of course, are more sensitive than, than the longer term. Uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, just collapsing at an incredible rate, which is going to be very disruptive. I mean, when we look back to other times when this has occurred, you know, there there has been systemic fallout from that. I mean, if we, we you know, the th- interesting thing about two-year and five-year and so on is that we came from such you know incredible highs in 2020 and from that point we have just been literally straight down I mean hardly a bounce at all so there has it has to impact things I mean now what's going on in metals you know, with all the trouble in the world, gold and silver is, is st- certainly not, uh, you know, showing us anything in terms of defensive desire, really. Uh, we've c- collapsed off of our highs from 2020, 2021, 2022 at the beginning, and um, we're now taking out the three-year support levels on gold. Um, we already did a while back on silver. Now we had a, a reasonable few days uh, in silver, but overall, the big picture is still pretty much down. Uh, copper is one of those things you have to look at related to the fears of recession, global recession especially. Um, even in spite of this EV, you know, electrified world and all the green technologies and and all of that agenda we're still seeing copper decline, and it's that global recession theme that is powering it, I would think. So copper Copper is, I mean, so important in industry, so important in the EV world, right? So um, now let's look at our indices. You still there? Uh, So we've got Dow Jones uh, off 117 points, or 0.39%. S&P is off 16.25, or 0.44%. NASDAQ 100 off 39.25, or 0.35%. Russell is off 7.90, or Um, 0.47%. DAX is off... uh, 53.43% 53.43% and the VIX tonight is up 0.69 or 2.31%. So that's uh, the lay of the land here. Um, we're still factoring in this, this, this drop here. Um, what's interesting is the Dow Jones did take out the June low. S&P is kind of at the door, same with NASDAQ. Russell um, moved had such a bad day um, for the last couple of days here that it uh, it caught up pretty quick and it's it's pretty much at the door. so that that June level is still in play as far as a p- potential support level for the s and p, NASDAQ, and Russell, uh, but not the case for the Dow Jones, which is interesting, don't you think, because it's Price-weighted index is not market cap-weighted index. It's also more defensive at large, and yet it's the one that already took out its June low. So I find that, I find that interesting. What's the next level if we break that? Um, well, we are... Very 20, 20 well, We're kind of, you know, we're kind of... We took out that June low, and now we're sitting... Just to get my bearings here. Uh, the low was two nine three one five, and the high of this one. Well, we're we're closing in on the high from uh, 2020 before we went down into the uh, the COVID slide, right? Yeah. So we're just about there. And if it if that doesn't if that former resistance or price point doesn't become support, then I would say the consolidation level which has a lot of matching numbers both highs and lows would be about the 26,000 level on the Dow. So let me put the diamonds in here and give you that number because you're probably referring to the ETF in your mind a lot more. So that would be that would be 265 area. So 260 to 265 -hmm. And it's currently at 295, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's we we've got this situation where we've pulled back from the high a reasonable amount. Everybody says, "Well, that's you know that's the correction territory." Now we can bounce. Now we can go from here. You've seen a lot of people put out stuff to say this is the buying opportunity of the next ten years, and Mm -hmm. it very well might be but also the bottom might not be in uh, at the same time because i don't think the market had factored a lot about the you know the global recession you know the impact of that on on mm-hmm. pro- corporate profits and all these things because we were more in inflation inflation will peak at some point the fed is raising interest rates to tackle it you know we'll have a softer landing I'm just talking about the narrative that was out there. You know, we'll have a softer landing. We'll we'll uh, we'll be able to skirt the recession. You know, we won't really go into a a long prolonged pro or a prolonged one or a deep one. But I think realities are are you know coming into the forefront now, and the market is factoring that in. So um, I I think it's very conceivable, just as we've talked about before. You know, different you know biases that we have, based on the knowledge that we you know we gain from digging around and looking at that next most likely place that something would gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up at uh, you know anywhere from the 2 250 level in the diamonds to the 265 would be my target. Going to the spy, um, I would be looking at the uh, the next the next real place to to test uh, would would probably be in the 320 to 3 uh, 320 to 335 area somewhere in there. Um, that would be the next one that I would be thinking about. So. We're we're already on the lower Bollinger band. We're we're coming up where 350 is the uh, 50, 50 period move monthly uh, moving average on the monthly. Let me just see what it is on the daily. We're below it on the daily. Um, so on the monthlies, if you're looking at moving averages, at 350 level would be the 50 period 50 period so 50 month moving average. So yeah, there's there's definitely room to to move to the downside. Looking at the queues, um, we're really we're really at uh, an incredible support level with that June low. But just below the June low is also some of the uh, pullback that we had after we rallied off the lows in 2020. So we. We we kind of had the COVID time. We rallied out of that. You know, we had an incredible uh, NASDAQ rally. Then we pulled back a little bit and consolidated. So right below where we are is that support from that consolidation. And if that doesn't hold, then it's heading back towards the um, high from uh, 2020, which was 237 and most likely probably to target the 200 level on the queues. So if you think we've already fallen substantially, um, you know, another third of that move to the downside is still very possible. Wow,
0: it's
1: a huge movement. Yeah, I mean, we have to allow for it. I mean, we're going into the most volatile month of the year, which is October you know, we're ahead of the midterm elections. We still have lots of concerns with the war. We have other bad actor nations kind of rolling up to to play in the party as well. So um, I think think we're best to be on the defensive. That's my posture, is a real defensive uh, period of time until all this stuff flushes out. Uh, And at the same time, I'm well aware that, you know, when it looks the scariest, you know, historically and before something is completely flushed out can often be the time to buy. But then you do have to, you know, take that risk that you might be still early. You know, that's what happens to a lot of buy the dippers is they just get in there because of a nice discount and they're early.
0: Yeah
1: and they get run over for a while, right? Now if you have lots of cash, you know, to you know handle that, okay, fine. If you're long term, maybe 10-20 years, that's fine. But if you're trading short term or you're trading leveraged or whatever, you know, you have to be much more on point with the timing and you can't afford, you know, a significant drawdown like what is still possible here. Yeah. So what do we have for the seasonality? We're in the we're just rolling into the last five days of the month. Um, yeah. So what's what would be important is you know the the seasonality for this this week and the last trading day of the month. Yeah. And then the next Sunday we can tackle the you know the first trading
0: day of the month seasonality, I think. Yeah. Well, for September, again, most of the month is down except for the last five days, last three days, and last day of the month. So we're expected to have plus 0.14% for the five-day window for the spider. And the Qs are expected to do a little bit better, plus 0.54%. Diamonds are about the same as the spider. And the IWM is expected to do poorly, minus 0.37%. So so stronger things like NASDAQ, weaker things like the Russell 2000. And then within that, some of the ETFs, SMH, the chips, expected to do 1.38%. TAN, solar stocks, 0.79. And some other ones that are expected to be stronger are XLK, XLC, XLY, so discretionary utilities, technology. Those are um, expected to do a little stronger in that window. And things that could be weaker are biotech, XBI, IBB, XBI is expected to do minus 2.27%. So that coupled with the increase in the 10-year is a good backdrop, right? You have seasonality in your favor for being shorter biotech. Um, it's going to also get crushed by the increase of interest rates. So some biotech is a good to short. And then we've got gold weaker than normal, minus 2.23 and silver weak. Um, real estate, the IYR minus 0.71. And healthcare. So so there might be some interesting plays in in terms of sector against sector there. And then I also looked at the economic calendar. Um, Nothing too major this week. On Tuesday, there are some things about durable goods, orders, uh, consumer confidence, and new home sales. And then on on, uh, Thursday, initial jobless claims, which could drive the market. And then Friday, producer price index, the jobless claims would be nice because if um, you can see a crack in the in the job market, that would be supportive of uh, the Fed not having to be so aggressive. But up till now, jobs have held in there. So Thursday could be interesting in terms of jobs numbers. But that's it so far here.
1: Well, a little bit of news in the crypto space. I mean, uh, Bitcoin U.S. dollar relationship is is sitting just on its uh, highs from. 2017, Um, so, I mean, it's been uncannily sideways, almost as if it's synthetically supported. I I just find it odd, Uh you know, this whole area between 18,000 and sort of 25,000 is a range that it's been in, so it's definitely traveling sideways, um, but it just seems to constantly be stuck here, which is is a little bit strange to me. Um, so there may be a reason for that, but uh, just could be. Oh, you know, what is? But if we break out, you know either way, so if if it if this levels fails to hold, um, I mean, I could see it heading back towards ten thousand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you know what I mean. It's almost synthetically stable at the moment.
0: It, it doesn't have many periods where it's sideways. It's either going shooting straight up or shooting straight down for the most part. Yeah, it's so it's
1: it is kind of it, it is kind of strange, right? Uh, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. But uh, uh, what else we got going on? Um, you know, I had this thought. I used to say in the B T M group years ago. You know. I, it's a funny saying. The money's at the end of the move. Do you remember that saying I used to have? <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird one. What does that mean? The money is at the end of the move. It's it's like when you look at some of these trends, like with the US dollar. So let's say you were you were long the dollar and you were exploiting that. You know, you can use an ETF like UUP to play the dollar, right? Uh-huh. Um so you're, you know, you're you're in the trade and it's it's just going parabolic. It's going straight up. And and that's where the payoffs in those kind of trades, either for things that are going s- straight up like they are, uh, or things that are going straight down, it's like it takes a while for things to start plodding along in a certain direction, and you know they have a battle and they finally start breaking through, and then it's like they 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 really start gaining momentum, and then you start to see the dominoes falling, you know,
0: uh-huh.
1: at a, at a much rapid rate. And it's like the people that are wanting to buy that say like, Oh, I'm missing the trade, you know, uh-huh. I got to get in that. So they're in there. and Then you got the people that are like, Oh, I was taking the opposite approach. You know, I thought the, the dollar would die or I thought this or that. And so they've got to unwind their positions. And that's why the money's kind of at the end of the move. It's like, it takes a while to, to get that momentum. Once it does, it really moves fast and furiously until it comes to an end, Uh right? So the money's at the end of the move, more Uh so than in the beginning of the move. And I'm seeing that with the dollar and the pound and the euro. And uh, I just wonder, you know, when this thing is going to – it's like what – like with the dollar, what's going to be the rug pull event that suddenly just causes a dollar to switch direction and start collapsing? I don't know, but mm. uh, I just, that's, that's what I'm concerned about. It's, it's sometimes hard to put into words, sort of the impressions that you get from just looking at everything, right? And kind of having a, a certain like alertness or awareness or concern, um, it's just hard to put into words why, why it might be or what the ramifications or what's going to cause it. But anyway, I'm, I'd am i be standing guard to say at some point,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this dollar, you know, rallying against every other currency in the world, um, what's going to cause it to change direction yeah. and how rapidly would that descent be and what are the implications of that? Because it's certainly it's certainly certainly creating
0: stress on a lot of things
1: as it moves now, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And even on the inflation in other countries, right? It's exacerbating their their effect on them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So um, the macro is alive and well. Um, technical trading is still alive and well in the sense that not I'm not talking about being necessarily a chart reader that can figure things out, but just your price levels. You know your your VWAP, which is which is more right. mechanical than it is a technical indicator. Um, your previous close, you know, previous highs, previous lows, all those things come into play in in a market which there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of concerns. There's uh, you know a lot of algorithmic trading, and and I'm seeing that blend of Macros alive and well, technical trading is alive and well, mathematical trading is alive and well, and statistical trading has been holding up pretty well uh, in spite of the fact that you have to draw statistics from the past. Um, mm. So this kind of like short sample, long sample, and when you take both into consideration um, – you know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's holding up remarkably well when we, you know, when we're using the word unprecedented constantly or, (laughs) you know, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with having the, you know, six pillar approach where we look at macro, we look at uh, fundamentals. We know that sometimes there's a flight to, you know, more quality, more defensive stuff. Um, I like having, you know, technical and price and, Indicator uh, levels. I like having um, you know the sentiment aspect too, um, and and historic relationships. So just putting it all together, uh, I think we're going to have a great fall trading. You know, usually uh, from from my perch, I've seen traders do really well in uh, October and November, and a lot of times November December. You after you get out of the chaos in October. Uh, you can see good breadth of the market, which helps people too. Um, sometimes small caps. Remember last year? I, I, remember, I remember all those the small cap positions I took there um, the first trading day of November? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it did its performance for the month in the first day. Uh, so, you know, you got to keep your eye on that too, where uh, small caps could be a little bit softer until uh, September or October and then or November sorry and take off then so anyway I think we babbled enough here so I'll let you go
0: all right good luck
1: yep take care